Welcome to The Lead, the New Lines Magazine podcast. I'm Kwango Liwewe, and this is a podcast where we delve into the biggest ideas, events, and personalities from around the world. He's known as the Lion of Zimbabwe. For five decades, Thomas Mofumo's music has provided the background anthem for a politically aware generation. From his breakout 1978 hit, Hukoyo, to the 1989 album, Corruption, that pushed him into exile years later, Mafumo has enthralled audiences. Now, as his native Zimbabwe goes to the polls for the most pivotal election in a generation, Mafumo, watching from exile in the United States, says the environment in Zimbabwe is not conducive for a free, fair and credible election. Thomas Mufuma has been a constant voice throughout Zimbabwe's evolving political landscape, pioneering Chimurenga music, Chimurenga meaning liberation in the local Shona language. During Zimbabwe's brutal guerrilla war in the 1970s, his songs such as Mothers Send Your Children to War, Tumiraiwana Kuondo openly supported the freedom fighters in their quest to defeat the white minority government of Ian Smith, the Prime Minister. His music led to his detention and multiple arrests. After independence in 1980, Mafumo's popularity continued to grow. But when corruption and economic decline began to creep into the government of Robert Mugabe, Mafumo began to sing about injustices in the Black Liberation Government. History then repeated itself. Mafumo then fell out with the powers that be and fled from Zimbabwe. In 2018, after the fall of Mugabe, Mafumo returned to Zimbabwe and performed in a homecoming concert with the hope that a new dawn had set in his country. But that was short-lived. He returned to the United States, his home of exile. Mafumo recently castigated Zimbabwe's president, Emerson Munangagwa, for perpetrating corruption, which started under Mugabe's rule. Thomas Mafumo, welcome to The Lead. Thank you. So after five decades, you've been on the stage for five decades as an outspoken critic of corruption and fighting for justice. Now, I want to take you back to the liberation struggle, the first Chimurenga. Just how important was music in the struggle for liberation against the colonizers? Uh, I think music played a very uh, important role during the colonial days. Because we supported especially myself, I supported them in the, the struggle. And that's what I did, I mean, during those days. And after we got our independence, after eight years, that's when I started noticing that there was corruption in our country. And then there's a very strong argument, and this argument is as old as time, that artists should focus on their craft and not delve into politics. How do you respond to those who suggest that artists should remain neutral? That's nonsense, because no one is qualified to be I mean, a politician. We are all politicians. What makes us all politicians is the situation we face today. So no one is qualified to be I mean, a politician. We are all politicians. And then when we look at um, Zimbabwe, your country, of course, the political landscape can be very complex in Zimbabwe and very polarized. Now, you as a musician, how do you handle the challenge of maintaining, on the one hand, your artistic independence and expressing your opinions, while at the same time you need to acknowledge 
the diversity of the perspectives of your audience. They've got different political affiliations and political thoughts. I think we need a change in Zimbabwe. It's very, very important that we get that change because our situation is not healthy at all. You know, we've been, I mean, struggling for 43 years. There's nothing that has been done good by the ruling party. And this is the reason why, uh, I mean, Zimbabweans are, are crying for a change. We need a change in that country. We don't need dictators, people who suppress their own people. People are not supposed to be ruled. People are supposed to rule. People are supposed to have a voice. So if you try to shut them, it doesn't, it, 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 you are not going to win. War against, I mean, the people, you won't win. You know what I'm talking about. And then let me take you back to your early music career. When you started off, you were known to play jazz. You were playing Elvis Presley, the Rolling Stones. These are just to mention a few. Can you tell us about why you changed to local music? What was your wake-up call? My wake-up call was one time when we were playing. We joined Battle of the Bands. This included bands that used to come from South Africa when the country was still Rhodesia. And we were up there on stage singing a Rolling Stone number. And the stage was going round because when you are I mean, singing, you are, you are facing the audience and the other band is behind you, is preparing. Yeah. So when you, when you finish, you, you're going round, you are, you are going off the stage. And the other band is coming. So we were just finishing our last song. And there was this white man who was shouting at us. We were singing a Rolling Stone number. And he said, shut up, you kefas. And that alone made me change. Because I didn't like that. I started thinking, if these people don't want us to play their music. Don't we have our own music, our own cultural music? This is what started it all. And that led you to embrace your traditional music and your traditional instruments, such as the mbira. Just tell us more about that. Yeah, when we started playing this, I mean, the type of music, Chimrenga music, we didn't include the mbira. We were just playing guitars, imitating the mbira sound. But eventually, we thought it was right if we could bring the right instrument, the mbira itself. 
and actually mix it up with the guitars. And that, I mean, came out very well. And we started playing, I mean, a fusing the instrument with modern instrument guitars and drums. The sound was beautiful. And our people liked it. And today they still like it. And that's the music of Zimbabwe. They might try to say there's a Zim dancehall. There's nothing that is called Zim dancehall these days because we have our own music. We have to look after our own culture. We have to promote our own culture. We have to promote the African culture. And we want to unite Africa itself as Africans. We should be able to, I mean, to communicate everywhere in Africa. We we don't need passport to go to to South Africa, a passport to go to Ghana, passport. No, that's Africa. Africa should just come together. If we want to succeed, we have to come together. We have to unite. Africans have to unite if they want to succeed. Okay, picking up on that point about Africa, when one looks at protest music on the continent, are musicians inspired by one another? I mean, if we speak of your generation, um, were you in contact with the likes of Miriam Makeba, Hugh Masekela, Oliver Mutkuzi, who's also from Zimbabwe? What was your collaboration or even just being in touch with these people? What was that like for you? I know every one of them. I know Miriam Makeba. I know Hugh Masekela. I know Johnny Clegg. Oivam Tugus was my boss and buddy. We used to talk, we used to love. So I know every one of them. I know who is involved and who is not involved. Okay. And most of the names I mentioned, of course, are from your generation. What about the current crop of African protest musicians? Um, what are your thoughts about them? I don't know. Most of them are, you know, Americanized because they think everything that comes from America or that comes from Jamaica or from England, that's what they call music. No, music is music. Africa has got its own culture and they have their own music. So let's try to promote the African culture. Let's promote the African culture everywhere where we are, even when I'm here in America. When I go out there to play in festivals, I'm, I'm coming from Africa and I'm coming from Zimbabwe. I should identify myself with my own culture, with my own people. You understand? Zimbabwe. Absolutely. So now I'll take you back to Zimbabwe. Um, we talked about the pre-independence era, especially to do with your music. Let's move on to um, Robert Mugabe's era when he first served as prime minister, then he served as president until he was toppled in the coup in 2017. Now Mugabe ruled Zimbabwe for 37 years. When he came in, he came in as a hero. 
from a fighter to a ruler. And initially you did support him. Then what went wrong? I found out that he was a dictator and uh, he was a divisionist. He divided our people. That's not, that, that, that's not good leadership. If you are a leader, you are a leader for everyone, not just for your party, but for everyone. If you are a leader, you are a president, not for your political party, but you are a president of everyone of us. Never mind where I'm coming from. If I don't support you or I support you, I'm still your subject. So a president is supposed to be a president of the people, not to divide the people. Don't divide the people. That's not the way we want it. So during the liberation struggle, and of course in the Mugabe years, you attracted quite a bit of criticism, threats, you were even arrested. My question is, during those trying times, how did you manage to find a balance between being an artist and then worrying for your life, all these threats and everything against you? No, I think I was just born a freedom fighter. I, I stand with the people and I've never abandoned the people at all. I've been with the people for the rest of my life. And when I discovered that Mugabe was not the kind of person that I thought he was going to be, then that made me change my, my support. I didn't want to support him because I found out that he was an oppressor and um, he wasn't there for the people. He was a divisionist. That made me change my mind about supporting Mugabe. Then he was kicked out of power in the coup in 2017. A month later, there was a general election. Emerson Munangagwa was sworn in as president after winning that election. At that time, there was a sense of um, optimism in the country. There was some euphoria immediately after the coup, that is. Then you went back home in 2018 after several years in exile. What was it like for you? And how did you feel about the new dawn in Zimbabwe? There was no new dawn in Zimbabwe. The situation was still the same. And I was actually surprised when people went out marching, demonstrating against Mugabe. And uh, they wanted this man who is there today, Mnangagwa, to be the president. He's the guy who caused a lot of problems in our country. This guy who is there today, he's involved with Kukra uh, Udi. You know, people in, in Matevedi were killed by the soldiers. And uh, that was Kukra Undi. And uh, Emerson Mnangagwa was in the forefront. And today he is the, the president. I don't think that's the right thing. We need a president. Who will be there for the people? Not a killer, a murderer, a thief. And you have heard about the gold mafia in our country. He's the leader. So how can you have a thief as a president? He's not supposed to be the president of that country. He's a joke. Just picking up on the gold mafia story, which you made reference to, this was about the looting of gold reserves via smuggling, and it was in an Al Jazeera expose. Now, earlier you talked a lot about how culture and music play a very critical role in society. And when we look at Zimbabwe's current crop of musicians, and I'm looking at now exposing corruption and other vices, are they doing any justice to this? I mean, I'll give you as an example, you sang that song Corruption in 1998. 
And of course, that one was banned and it's probably led to you fleeing the country some years later. My question to you is, are the local Zimbabwean musicians doing justice in highlighting corruption in the country? I think there are a few of them. I hear there's a, a youngster called Windy D. They are banning his music because he's singing against the government. He's doing the right thing. He's educating the youth. So I, I think he's, there are a few other others that we don't hear about. But I think this Winky D is also, you know, educating our people about, you know, independence. Okay, and I made reference to the song Corruption in 1989. Just tell us about that. After eight years, I noticed that there was corruption in the country then. That made me write that song, Corruption. Some of the people who, who were actually... The poor people actually supported this song and they thought it was a good song when they were, I mean, thinking the same way as I was. But the government didn't like that song because I was exposing them. So they didn't like the song and the, the song was banned. But anyway, it's a very popular song. Somebody, you know, made it a, a, a film track here in America. And today, st people still like that song, Corruption. Uh, I think it's just a good song, and it's a song for the people. Can I put you on the spot? Could you give us a line of that song right now? Oh, you want me to sing one line for it? Yes, please. <laughs> right now, I'm not in the mood of singing. I don't think. Okay, don't I'll, let you, I'll let you off the hook on that one. So now Zimbabwe is days away from a general election and the country, of course, has one of the world's highest inflation rates. It also has a very repressive political climate. We've heard about how the state clamps down on opposition figures, on dissenting voices. Do you anticipate a free and fair election that will reflect the will of the people next week? I don't know, really. There are so many, you know, like uh, what the opposition party is facing today. People are not people are not allowed to criticize the government. That is very bad. That's not good for our people. 
And these guys are used, I mean, to rigging the election. We just hope that God and, and the Spirit will help us to re remove these guys. Because they have tormented us for so many years. We want them out of power. And I think the only alternative here we have Shamisa. is a good leader. Shamisa is a good leader. Make no mistake about us. Because what he preaches to the people, that's what the people want. They want development in that country. That country is not developing. 43 years, we still don't have anything new in our country. And uh, they are busy looting, like, I mean, selling our gold, stealing uh, the gold and selling it outside the country. That's not, I mean, the way we should run the country. We are supposed to devolve the country. We are not supposed to loot. No. We need a change. We need a change. So we think maybe change is coming, but these people, uh, they are very tricky. They want to remain in power, so they'll do everything to try and make sure that they, they are still in power. I'm saying several Zimbabweans that I've spoken to talked about your music and how significant it still is today. You sang that music decades ago, but it's still significant to what's happening in Zimbabwe today. So my question to you is, has anything changed in Zimbabwe or is the state of affairs been the same from post-independence? And I'm talking about bad governance and corruption. The state of affairs is still the same. There's no change in Zimbabwe until these guys are removed from power. Okay. Now, you played your final um, gig in Leicester earlier this year. You have South Africa and Zimbabwe left. Since you're going into retirement at the end of the year, what kind of impact do you hope to leave for the future generation? I want the youngsters to know that, you know, they should actually be able to stand with the people. I'm talking about the upcoming musicians of today, that they should learn to stand with the people. They shouldn't be intimidated. No. If you're a fighter, you don't have to fear anyone or fear for your life because you, 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 you are, you, you, you'll be doing the right thing for the people and you stand with the people. I think that's the right direction you would have, I mean, moved. So I encourage them to keep supporting the right thing, support the right cause, and do not be afraid. Thomas Mofomo, thank you very much. Thank you. This has been The Lead, the New Lines Magazine podcast. If you'd like to hear more from Thomas Mofomo, you can find him on Twitter at Official Mukanya. This week's episode was produced by Joshua Martin and hosted by me, Kwangu Iwewe. For more on this, subscribe to The Lead on your favorite podcast app or visit our website, newlinesmag.com. Thank you all for joining us.